This is episode 73 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. I'm joined by Jason. Hello. 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 You got anything clever for 73? I didn't come up with it. Sorry. Um, You know, I, I did, slipped. and then you just put me on the spot, so I lost it all. It has to be spontaneous. Yeah. You know, you can't, re- you can't request it. It just has to come from, you know, within. Right. So you fucked it all up already. Right. So maybe 74 will have something. Yes. Clever. Yeah, right. just, don't, just don't push it, and we'll see. Okay. God. <laughs> well, this episode 73 features Scott Bond. Yeah. Drummer extraordinaire from uh, Death Grip. That's right. Yes. And it also features Mike DiPetrillo. Yeah. Another master of the drums. Yes, from, from Driver. Yes. And we recorded this uh, recently whenever Scott was up in Tulsa, right before him and Mike were head to Summer Nam. Yeah, in Nashville. Yeah, and... Uh, Mike invited us over to the house, so Mike joined in on the conversation, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. We got a little bit of information about what's coming up with Driver as well, but the focus of this thing, of course, was Scott, so we get into his past and, of course, what's going on with him now with Death Grip and everything else. Yeah. So we're going to get into that here in just a bit, but before we do, we would like to play a song from Death Grip. This song's called Death Hammer. Check this out. Hey! 
Death Hammer from Death Grip out of Dallas, Texas. Man, talk about groove metal. Oh yeah, this is this is uh, the epitome of groove metal. Yeah, everything. I mean, this song. You know, I know you've described things before as just being powerful. This is like that's just the perfect word to describe this. Everything about it. The the rhythm section, the guitar riffs, and the vocals. Everything's just pure power. Yeah, from start to finish. <clears throat> yeah, and you know, knowing you and knowing me, you know, obviously knowing what we like. I mean, this is. This is the kind of stuff that's just right up our alley. Yeah. I mean, and I like, you know, the pre-chorus has that kind of guitar line that's kind of maideny, priesty, merciful fate type kind of stuff. And then it just kind of goes into this, you know, power groove thing. And it's just, uh, I mean, you just hit repeat on this song totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a perfect combination of power metal, groove metal classic metal yeah everything's represented here and yeah all melded into one perfect song yep and uh it's got a pretty badass drummer well yeah <laughs> and that's a that's a good point being is that's what this whole episode's about there you go yeah and that's on their forthcoming album he talks about that here in a bit coming out sometime later this year so be on the lookout for that but for the time being you can check that out there's it's on youtube it's on reverb nation Look him up on Facebook. It's easy to find. Death Hammer by Death Grip. Yeah, it's a, a killer song, as you just heard. Yeah. Well, before we get into this, I wanted to mention a few days ago, another badass tour was announced. Okay. Megadeth. That's right. Forgot about all this. And they're bringing along Amon Mirth, And, of course, Metal. I almost said Metal Hammer, because I was thinking Death Hammer. <laughs> metal right. Church. Yep. And then Havoc. Havoc. Which, yeah, I'm excited to see those guys. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Havoc was on Megadeth's tour that they did to start the year, so yeah. it's kind of cool that Havoc keeps getting these tours like this. Hopefully it helps them get a little more known. If you're not familiar with them, they've got like four or five albums out now that yeah. are straight up old school thrash, but mm-hmm. they're a new band and they're politically charged, great stuff. Yeah, it's, they're super badass. And fun fact, you know who their manager is, don't you? I might have, but I can't think off the top of my head. Justice Mustaine. Oh, okay. Well, that's how they got on both Dave these tours. Dave Mustaine's huh? kid, <laughs> which is which is you know I don't bring that up to to discredit him. I think that's a no, great that's cool, fucking yeah. idea. Yeah, and you need to take that stuff wherever it comes. You know, definitely. And I I bring that up because a lot of people talk. Oh, well, that's how they fucking did it. <laughs> well, you're goddamn right. That's how we did it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, you got whatever you can do to get in front of people uh, is is what you need to do. And uh, hopefully this tour will come through Oklahoma. Yeah. Because uh, I'd love to see all those bands. Yeah. Even if not, it's one worth traveling for. But yeah, you yeah. hope if it's during the week, obviously we hope it's nearby. Yeah. But yeah, just speaking of getting on tours, it's cool to see Metal Church out and about on something big like this that's current, you know? Yeah. I mean, wasn't it like uh, after, you know, they did Rocklahoma so long ago? Yeah. In like 09, I think. And they were just going to kind of close up shop, I think. There's something about. It seems like I heard something about that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but they're still going, and that's great. Yeah, and Amon Marth has this new album that there's already people saying it's the album of the year. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. it's a great album. I'm not going to rank it above a couple albums I like, but I do think it's great. Yeah. And it will probably make my list at the end of the year. And they've got a great following, so. Yeah, so that's yeah. a cool, you know, I don't know if that's a co-headline thing, because they're, they're pretty big now, you know. Yeah. 
compared to what a lot of people might think. But I mean, they're, I think they might be close to a level of they might draw as much as Megadeth would draw on their yeah. own. So it could be co-headliner, it could be they're just support, I don't know, but yeah. regardless, it's badass. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a, it, the bill stacked, it'll fill the halls right up. <laughs> well, like we mentioned a little while ago, and like you could see right there on the title of this thing, Scott Bond and Mike D. Petrillo are with us this episode, and we get into all kinds of stuff, like I said, with Scott's past and with what he's got going on now. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we've got some, some stuff from Mike as well. It was always a fun guy to talk to and never a loss for words. No, no, there's always something going on, always something to talk about. And, you know, Scott had some great stories from the road. He's traveled everywhere. Uh, you know, a lot of good drumming stories, you know, for all you drummers out there. Uh, I mean, just uh, just a lot of knowledge going on. And, uh, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, having MS and how he's dealing with it, you know, with his playing and everything. And, you know, he's just, he's, he's, uh, He's making, making, making his way, excuse me, through this with flying colors. And it's just a, a pretty inspirational conversation. And, you know, like you said, you know, Mike DiPatrillo's in there, uh, talking about, you know, talking about drums, talking about driver. So this is just a great episode and I hope everyone checks it out. Yeah. I think anyone that digs just music in general would dig this. Well, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know, listen to this because you hate music. So here you go. <laughs> This one's for you, right? <laughs> exactly. So Mike, after the fact, got a hold of me and told me to mention that his roommate was the one that was making the blender noises yeah. in the background, <laughs> and that's John C. Bailey, gotcha. who's an actor. And he really? Was, he was in like the American West, that miniseries. He played General Custer. Nice. You know, and he's been in several other things. Look him up on IMDb. <laughs> What's he doing in Oklahoma? He's living with Mike D. Petrillo. That's what we would all yes. do, yeah, if we had the chance. Yeah, why not? Right, you know, you'd get you'd get yeah, uh, shots of Jesse, yeah, shots of every Jesse, day. yeah, and 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 be around guitars and drums and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, the other thing is, I listened back to this, and there's something was going on. There's some interference, like electronic interference, with the recording. I don't yeah. know where it came from or what you know, because it hasn't happened with this recorder before. So there's a few spots I'm going to work on. So you might either hear a buzzing while Scott's talking or we're talking, or you might hear the voice level kind of change because I had to, you know, lower it and raise it back up, that kind of thing. Yeah. No need to get into all that. Just letting you know if it sounds weird here and there, that's why. So, but it's still worth listening to. That's right. And, you know, I know that no matter what you were up against, you worked your magic. <laughs> and this is going to sound great. Oh, well, I appreciate the confidence. Well, with all that being said, let's get into this episode right now with Scott Bond and Mike DiPetrullo. I'll just start fucking talking. I'm in the middle of writing a book about my career. Yes. So I I have lots to talk about. So it's, I'm trying to get it all in book form right now. So, but my biggest issue is I'm still living it, trying to catch up. You know, because my life, you know my career is going this way, and the book's like back here. You know, 
the struggle with not trying to let the woman come out, but I play drums. Yeah. Scott Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it is it is it hard to recall stuff or like from not right now, yeah. but. Uh, for the longest time, I carried a notepad in my pocket for yeah. about a year. And what I would do is, like, when I'm sitting here talking with, with people like you guys, because I just think of road stories, stuff. Like, I had lunch with, with a, a fan of the band that uh, actually saw us for a and she saw I was in town, and I was crossing town, and I was going to cross her path. She goes, hey, can you stop, and let's have a drink and shoot the shit for a while. Yeah. Had never met her. She was at, she was at Rocklahoma and seen the show. And I said, well, I haven't had time to eat yet, so if you can find some place that, you know, we can, yeah, I can sit down and eat, I'd love to sit. i got to stop eating anyway. So there's this little Mexican place over off of 11th and Garnett that, uh, by Mazio's. She if I came open, he bleeds hot sauce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Salsa. I swear to God. Do what? I said, cut you open, he bleeds hot sauce. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because she's like, well, I know you really like Mexican food. And so, so we sat there and talked and. But, uh, you know, I, I just think of road stories, you know, as, because, yeah. you know, like I said, I've been doing this since I was fucking 14, so I got lots of stories. Oh, yeah, I bet. And <laughs> my singer that's with me again now, as a singer for Death Grip, we actually, we both lived in Tulsa. He was from Hollywood, and I was from Owasa, but we met here in Tulsa, and we toured from, like, 82, 83 to 86 together. And uh, so he used to call me the elephant man because I'd go, remember back when? He'd go, dude, you lost me to remember. <laughs> you know, because I've never done any drugs. Yeah. You know, I'm as close to Ted Nugent as you can get without being that ugly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and most of my friends, a lot of guys, you know, they always did stuff on the road. But I always remembered shit because I was always pretty much sober. I wouldn't say always sober, but I was at least not stoned. So I'm sure Mike remembers some of the non-sober times, but uh, which those are all pretty much gone. So silence has a price. How far? far? Silence has a price. (laughs) Huh? Silence has a price. No. (laughs) How far into this are you? Like, is it just something you just started, or is it? Uh, I had the book about three quarters of the way finished, and my hard drive crashed about three years ago. I mean, I lost the entire book. Uh uh uh. Wow. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you knew that. I didn't know it was all. I yeah, I lost it all because I, because all of my pictures and stuff from on the road and overseas and all this—they're all no, it's digital. So I'm have, I've scanned in all of these pictures and I had a, a I've got a book program that actually formats the book as I write it and puts the pictures in and everything. Okay. And that whole hard drive crashed. So all the pictures, all the stories, because it's it's a book of memoirs is what it is. It's not like a, I was born here, I discovered music here, I discovered pussy here. You know, it's not that. It's not in chronological order. It's just random road stories, you know. The names have been changed or omitted to, you know, protect the guilty. And uh, in my marriage, of course, first thing we did when me and my wife got married is I sat her down, probably first three months we were together, and I told her every nasty 
everything that I'd ever been through in my life. Yeah. Because I didn't want to hear it from somebody else. <laughs> That's right. You know, so for three months at least, I sat her down and I told her everything. Wow. So. Her face was this. She wasn't surprised. <laughs> Still isn't, I don't think. But that was 26 years ago. Yeah. So, but, uh, so it, uh, it was quite the, uh, I didn't expect her to make it through the first couple of stories, but she did. So, and, and we're good. Well, that's saying something. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been interesting. So from an outsider's perspective, this is a book people would want to read, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, uh, the fact that he's a colorful character alone and, uh, he's a great storyteller and he's been on some, uh, really cool adventures and uh, like I said he's been doing it since we were kids so it's it's a lot of fun you go on the journey with him very visual he's a good storyteller so you get he, you know he paints a really good picture you know and I've known the cat for you know 1700 years and we've lived vicariously through each other and mm -hmm. probably times me more through him but I have souvenirs and pieces of shit from around the world from this cat and he'll call me my phone rings three o'clock in the morning and I'm like what He's like, dude, check this out. And it's like, you know, shows me something from, like, the other side of the world. Uh, I like the video from wherever you were in, you know, Uzbekistan or something. But he's like, goes into the club because the sun never goes past the horizon. Shows me his watch. It's like, okay, it's 10 o'clock at night. Looks like it's noon. Plays. 5 o'clock in the morning. Goes back outside. Shows me his watch. You know, he's videotaping this. Sends me... Looks like it's noon. It's like not touched. And what's his face also sent me the pictures where the sun never goes below the horizon and stuff. Yeah, that was so incredible. some of the pictures, some of the cool shit uh, that I've got to experience because of God calling me and some of the souvenirs. You know, I have chunks of the world and things that very few will ever be able to have, be able to possess, be able to see. Yeah. And I always so. would forget because I had a dual times on watch, but I'd always forget about you know, I mean, it's it's ten o'clock at night where I'm at. And I'm thirteen times on the way. Sorry, I didn't realize it was three o'clock in the fucking morning where you're at. <laughs> yep. You know, we're getting ready to go on. You know, but it was uh, good morning, asshole. You know, but it's him, so I didn't care. And the stories were great after, after so. that point. And to, of course, I'm sure you guys, since you're internet podcast, you don't have to. I'll give you one story from Korea that he's probably heard a thousand times. We had uh, we got into Seoul and checked into the hotel, and we went up to Itaewon, which is basically Hooker Hill in uh, in Seoul. And me and my guitar player Sean were running around. Well, we got separated from our singer, rhythm guitar player, and our bass player. This Mike Skippy. Skippy's name was Scott, but I wasn't going to have a nickname, so we had to give him something. <laughs> So, anyway, I don't know what time of the morning it was. I have a clue. We're sitting in this strip club that's in the basement of this building. And to get into the strip club, it's me and Sean. We're sitting there. You have to go down these steps and into the club. Well, when you look back at the door, it's a gigantic vagina. You know, I mean, it's just, it's perfect. And we're sitting there and me and Sean's having a couple of beers. We hear this thud, 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 
and it's our bass player, had fallen down the steps coming into this same club, and he rolls out of this giant vagina <laughs> into the floor while we're sitting there holding beers. And me and Sean looked at each other and went, did that really just fucking happen? So that's the kind of shit that I'm talking about. You know, and there's 900 more of those at least. Yeah. But, uh, Yes. Yes, sir. The thing, the thing about the, having MS is it will affect your memory. Uh, and one of the largest lesions in my brain is in my memory area. So that's one of the reasons it's so important for me to try to finish this book so that if it gets to the point I start not remembering the stuff, uh, somebody can go, hey, that was you, fucker. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, there's a picture of it right there. It, so that's kind of that's kind of why I'm, I'm writing it. Yeah. It's kind of twofold to to tell a story to everybody else, but to make sure I remember. We'll be there to turn the page and go. Oh yeah, put your pants on too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's and one of the things one, when my mother was still alive, uh, she passed away last October. Uh, I didn't know if she was still going to be alive by the time I got the book finished or not. So what I decided to do to keep her from reading any of those stories is in the table of contents, like a, I'm a Mexican food fanatic. So in the table of contents, next to the stories that are a little spicy, just like with a Mexican dish that has a little spice on it, there's a little red pepper next to the story. If you don't want to read a rated R or rated X story, don't read the one with the pepper next to it. Just go on past it. That's great. So... That, uh, that would eliminate her from reading the stories that, you know, maybe she might not want to read. Certainly. But I don't have that problem anymore, bless her heart. I wish she'd have made it uh, until I could have finished the book. But, you know, she was, was almost 90 when she passed away. So very cool. Yeah. And I, I had a pretty amazing set of parents, actually. I was the youngest of four boys. and The only musician in the family any direction that we can look, uh, professional musician. I mean, everybody, you know, played something or did this or that's on school. But, you know, somebody that actually pursued it as a career. I'm the only one on both sides of my family as far as we can look. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck happened to me. <laughs> well, you mentioned before we started recording that you started getting paid at 14. Mm -hmm. Like, what was, what were you doing? I played drums. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was, uh, we were, the, the first band that I was touring in, uh, was, we were out of Tulsa, it was a three-piece band, uh, the singer guitar player, uh, passed away a year or so ago, but, uh, we, the first legitimate tour I went on was playing a circuit of strip bars, you know, back when it was still legal to have live music and strippers in the same club, and I was 14 years old. I saw more naked women by the time I was 21 than most guys see in their entire life. It's so not a bad thing. It, was, it, it, it wasn't a bad thing. And, and most of the time, we used the same dressing room that they used. <laughs> so I would be changing clothes or whatever. These girls would come in and do this. And Bobby, who's a guitar player, uh, lead singer, he was quite a bit older than me. My mom and dad would have to sign like, guardianship over to him. For me to get in the club and stuff while we were gone. And uh, he would come in 
and grab me. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Jazz out here, you know. And uh, I also credit him for. Uh, he he was very just. Uh, he was from Detroit originally, and he really steered me away from being uh, heavily. So I credit him that my dad. But Bobby steered me in, in the right directions at an early age to look at this more as a career and not as a party. Uh, and especially at that age, if you, if you don't, if you plan on making a living at it, you've got to understand party. It's not one continuous. And people don't realize that even now. You know, they, they think that life's all you know, naked women with pilgrims. It's not, you know, I mean, but, yeah, 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 you can't do that. Right, but it's, uh, there's a whole lot more work and, and thought and stuff that goes into it, you know, than the people that are not in the business. They don't really think about it. One of the things I saw the other day is, uh, yeah, as a musician, once you become a musician, you can't listen to music the same way anymore. And I've always said that to people, but I don't hear music the way other people do, because I pick it apart in my head. I can't go to sleep listening to music, because I'm listening to this, and trying to learn this, and what do you do there? What? You know, I can't do it. So I can't just sit and enjoy listening to music like most people do. I don't mind, obviously. But, you know, nobody ever really understood. And then I saw this thing on Facebook the other day that said that. I'm like, that's exactly what I've been saying for 30 years. You know, that was one thing we were up, actually. I wrote that down in my notes yeah. when I saw you post that. <laughs> okay, so you did see that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, that's. Oh, I'm trying to say instantly hear it differently. Yeah, I mean, the moment it starts playing, it's uh, you know, real time from your perspective, and it's and it's four pieces that make the whole, or five pieces, or however many. I don't really know. To be honest with you, it's it's a process that just happens automatically. Uh, I don't really give it any thought, and I and I don't know any better. Uh, if I'm obviously if I'm trying to learn someone else's material, yes, that's the first thing I, I go to, and then of course the bass lines. I'm very vocal cue oriented player as well, so I go into the you know from drums to bass to vocals and into the guitars as far as what I'm listening to to learn the material and then playing it later. Pretty close. I hear the patterns, I hear the feet, I hear the drums probably about the same amount of first as I hear the vocals. That'll show up because I'm a vocal cue guy. Then it's going to be guitar. Bass has always been last. My early playing was always me and the guitar player. And then the bass player would be the the next element. A lot of the cats I know uh, have played drums and bass first. Been one of the weirdos that's I've played from the, the top end first. So I'm thinking, uh, song comes on, I'm going to hear the drums, what's the vocals doing, and then a brain will probably go to guitar, 
face shows up, but it's just automatic. Well, and it's don't think about it. The the first band that I did the most of my shows with didn't have a bass player. We were a three piece act and had a keyboard player that played keyboard, bass, and keyboards at the same time. In fact, he still lives here in town. But uh, so I didn't really concentrate on bass guitar then. But as I changed different bands and different genres and you know different things, because I was always whoever writes me a paycheck, that's who I'm going on the road with. It doesn't have to be metal. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be anything. It has to have a paycheck involved. Uh, and I've toured big country tours and, you know, done some, some, some good stuff with them and spent months on tour buses and, you know, it's it's been great, but it didn't always have to be metal. Yeah. So, in fact, I gained more weight on the country tours than I did on the rock tours <laughs> because it paid better most of the yeah, time. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> Well, um, you know, Kind of going back to like picking apart when you hear it, and just again, this could be either of you guys. When you're playing live, well, what do you want your monitor first or loudest or something? My kick drum. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Uh, because if I don't have my kick drum at a loud enough volume, I will try to over overcompensate for it. Okay. Uh, in my playing. Yep. And it'll cause me to expel more energy doing that than I need to do. So I run my kick drum and my snare really loud in my monitor. That way I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, no snare. I'm just thrashing shit and I'm just barely hitting stuff. So, well, okay, I'm good. And it helps me, especially with the nerve damage in my legs and stuff now. Because I've always been a really, really hard player. Uh, kind of overly hard, I think, most of the time. Because the first shows that I did for years and years and years and years, we didn't mic the drums. So I had to hit shit hard. Uh, and that's just kind of the way I learned to play. And also, now I don't now I don't know any better. You end up pushing and you just yeah. so and you just shit out of it, you end up being five BPM faster than you want to go. It's like right. you go into a freaking fire because you can't hear it. So it's the feel thing, but the feel is not the same. Yeah. So it's but yeah, as far as my monitor goes. I like to have, except for my kick drum and my snare, which I don't run anything else in my monitor drum-wise. I don't have to put any toms in my monitors or nothing. I just want kick and snare is all I want myself. Because uh, if I can't figure out what I'm hitting when I'm hitting it, then I need to stop playing anyway. But uh, I have to have pretty much everything equal, like I'm listening to everything. That way, I get to pick out what I want to listen to at the time. Instead of the monitor guy picking out what I want to listen to at the time. Uh, if I had a good mix of everybody, I'm good. Uh, obviously, I got to have vocals because I don't think I could. It's one thing I haven't done is, is a lot of instrumental stuff because uh, I don't. I have a lot of respect for musicians that can do just instrumental stuff. I can follow that where the hell are we? You know, there's no lyrics here. Where are we at? You know, so, but, but yeah, I, I haven't done any of that and probably won't actually because that's just, I don't, that's, I don't think my brain will go there. Was the, 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 the,
No, it was it was the it was rock that, that I went overseas with. Uh, I did a lot of USO tours, so I've been a lot of places that most people don't get to go. Um, a lot of places people don't want to go, and a lot of places that you can't go now. Uh, I've, you know, just to, to give you a quick synopsis, I've followed the footsteps of Christ through Jerusalem wow. because of a pair of drumsticks. Uh, I've rode a camel through the city of Petra in Jordan because of being a musician. Uh, I've got shot at in Chinook helicopters in Kosovo for being a musician. I have the pictures of all of this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been through Tokyo and, you know, all up and down Japan and Germany and Bosnia and Greenland and Hungary. and It's, it's just a big list of, of places. I think both the... Uh destroyed buildings I think one was Bosnia and one the other yeah. one Iraq no both of those both of those were Bosnia yeah, both it was all in Sarajevo because we were in we were in Sarajevo not long after the the war there in Sarajevo had, had ended and we weren't supposed to actually go down into an area they call Sniper Out and our bus driver was a German guy and we were because when we when we bust from Hungary through the shows in Croatia and into Bosnia and all the way through, we had two armed Humvees behind us and one armed Humvee in front of us with 50 cows on the roof. We had 12 people with us in, you know, the three Humvees. So when we got into Sarajevo, they were supposed to escort us down into town. Well, they all went out the night before and got hammered and didn't get up. So our bus driver's like, I've been there a million times, let's go. So he piles us in the bus and down into Sniper Alley we go. And uh, we're walking around through bombed out buildings and you know, I've got pictures of me standing next to staircases that just fill full of mortar holes and, and uh, just crazy stuff. So, but uh, yeah, we wasn't supposed to be there. We got our butts chewed out back but it was all worth it because yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's stuff that people don't get to see I mean there wasn't any particular war going on at the time but we still weren't supposed to be in the area you know in Kosovo uh, we were at uh, we were in Pristina Kosovo and we were doing a big base there called uh, Camp Bonsteel and we always stayed in officers quarters anyway uh, but in that area officers quarters was a tent with a wood floor and air conditioning, which was great because it was about 120 degrees outside. But they told us when the van was going to pick us up and take us to eat or you know, take us to sound check or whatever we were doing, put our hair up on our helmets, make sure we had our helmets on and our flak jackets and everything when you come out of the tent to get in the van. Because the snipers in the hill, if they see a civilian walking with military personnel, they're going to think you're a dignitary and you're the one they're going to shoot. So, you know, they come to pick us up, we're cramming all our hair under our helmets and stuff. So, it was great. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade any of it, actually. Yeah. Well, you remember from playing those shows, like response you got from we always got really good responses. Uh, uh, playing for the troops overseas is probably 
one of the biggest highlights of my entire career. I've played good size arenas, uh, and it's still not the same feeling as, as playing overseas for the troops. It's just there's a they're very appreciative of you being there, and they really let you know it. So it's it's quite uh, it's quite a rewarding thing to to get to do that and get paid for it. So yeah. it's got to be hugely emotional, and, and it is. Uh, it's and it's emotional for them uh, because you're taking your time to to come over there and, and acknowledge their existence and what they're doing. And I come from a military family anyway. I've never been in the military, but everybody in my family has been in the military but me. So I was raised around military, so it meant a lot to me to to go do that. Awesome. It's always cool to get a chance to give back. I've always said, you know, the reason that I get to have my dumb ass gets to have, uh, you know, cheese on my burgers because of what they do. <laughs> so I've known that since I was a kid. I know the reason you're here right now is because you guys are heading to Summer Nam. Yes, Seattle. sir. We're off to uh, Tennessee uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. So, have you? I know you've done it. Cause I know you just did earlier this year in LA. Have yeah, you, I didn't get to go to LA because uh, I had knee surgery in December. I was scheduled to go to Nam in LA this year. And there's no way in hell I'm carrying him through that arena. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Not going to happen. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> not gonna well, happen. The, the surgeon told me I, uh, I tore some stuff in my knee pretty bad and uh, you're like, fucking well, hanging upside down on stage but yeah. whatever that was a ceiling fan thank you <laughs> anyway uh, but uh, he told me he said if we do the surgery you can't fly uh, so uh, I knew Nam was coming up uh, but I also knew the summer concert season was coming up so did I want to wait until after Nam, which right after Nam, uh, we had uh, uh, my band Rough Justice that I'm in, the other band. Uh, we had a what we call 110,000 tons of metal cruise, and we had a bunch of fans, friends, uh, all of the above. Uh, if they weren't friends when we started on the cruise, they ended up being that by the end of the cruise. We went to went to uh, Belize and Honduras and, and through Cozumel and just had a great time. We didn't play on the cruise or anything. It was just a it was just a let's get a bunch of friends and people that like the band and, and let's just go do something together. And uh, that was that was in February. So I couldn't have surgery right after Nam because of the cruise. Well by February if I get back in March and I have knee surgery, Oklahoma is in May, which is the start of the, the summer season, really, for us. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I guess I lose Nam this year because I can't wait. I can't take a chance of not being able to play the shows. So let's just let's go get it done. So you haven't done it in the past. This will be your first one? This will be my first Nam. Okay. Uh, been in this business a million years, and finally going to get to, yeah. you know, slow down long enough to go to Nam, <laughs> and we're also scheduled to go to California again, uh, 
the beginning of next year. So, so that'll be good, that'll, and that'll be my first California name. So. It'll be surreal. You'll freak out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I promise. On the way over is uh, how long have they done the uh, name in Nashville? Is it fairly new? I think it's been around for a while. I don't know how many years. I don't think it's as old as the main one in California, but it's got some legs. I would, I would think ten. I don't know. Actually, that one I don't. And this is my first summer name. Actually, so this is my. Uh, this is my. So we're gonna go destroy shit for the first time together. Yeah. I've been asleep in the van and in the bus going through Nashville. Never played. I played right on the outskirts. But I don't ever remember actually ever being in Nashville. Played in Memphis a bunch, um, so this will be my, my first time in. So we played there a bunch. Cool. We rehearsed there a bunch. One of the companies we're working with has a, a big staging and rehearsal uh, facility. A lot of half of everybody that we know, country, metal, hardcore, when they're in that area, use that's uh, uh, like a cartridge in production. And I forgot the name of it. The drums are uh, Schleisman or Mothertone. Lot of the studio stuff and the rehearsal stuff down there, and uh, so we're working with them. We've got some of their product in our booth. Uh, I'm a part of the Silver Fox team. I've uh, been with Silver Fox Sticks for about 11 years, 10, 11 years now, and uh, so and I've been with them about 11 weeks. I know. Good numbers. <laughs> and uh, so they're bringing me down to uh, be part of the team and be in the booth. And uh, Scott's going to be one of the family, and uh, he's going to come down and hang out, and be in the booth with us, and walk around and just we get to be a part of this which is just freaking huge now, like i said this is our first time uh going to nashville nam period so it's a brand new experience and um, they're actually uh debuting my new stick okay. my signature and we'll be uh, we'll stick. be flying we'll be flying his new stick in the booth we'll be that'll flying be the first time my I've new stick in the booth as a matter of fact the we'll new that has uh, the uh, we'll be in nam oh. and the uh, new ones that have the fat logo on them Debuting those for the first time will be those will be in the booth with and without dip, so that's kind of cool. And uh, if it works out, a uh, driver is going to play in uh, Anaheim in January at the Main Nam show. We put in for that last year, and we've been working with them. So, and now that uh, you know everything that I play is connected to all these companies, and I'm endorsed by everything I run, mostly he is too. Uh, this is going to definitely open some cool doors and just some connections. Give us some opportunities that uh, uh, are going to just be huge. You know? And just being able to connect with that side of the industry, if you think about it, the players are at the end of the line. They're the ones that you and I know first. They're the face, but it's the cat that makes the instrument. It's the guy that makes the string. It's the guy that makes the chord. It's the guys that own and build and produce the records, it's the guys that own the equipment that you record into. They're the ones that make what we do possible, and we're at the end of the line. You know, we're basically an end user. So, getting to connect with the manufacturers and the people that make this industry, and it's the entire entertainment industry. Oh, dude, just being a fly on the wall and listening to these guys talk the stories, I'm just drooling. Just back there, like, excuse me, I'll just sit back here and cry. Yeah, give me a tissue and, and keep just, talking. And just, man, so, and then you get to uh, you get to meet these cats, and it's a privilege, the, the companies that I represent and uh, the ones that Scott's been a part of forever. Uh, most of those people are at these events. <clears throat> so you finally get to meet your rep face-to-face -face, as opposed to a phone call or a picture on the Internet. You know, and connecting with these people is just 
just like you and I, except that's what they do for a living. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, it's just very cool. Yeah, this is going to be a fun new experience too. Yeah. And I'm glad we finally got Scott uh, as a part of the Silver Fox team. That's going to be a beautiful relationship. Hey, this is Trent checking in real quick to let you know that batteries had to be replaced in the recorders, so that's why the audio is going from Mike talking to where Scott is talking about something different. So just wanted to cut in and let you know that. And also, sorry again about the interference with the buzzing sound. I tried to get rid of it a little, but it was hard to get rid of some of those spots because it was so heavy. But anyway, hope you're bearing with us and keep listening. Thanks. And all the logos on all my all my stenciling on my new cases yeah. is all done in glow in the dark. Yes. Yeah. So when they're rolling my stuff in and out of the venue, yeah. you can see my name in the dark. Yeah. Okay. I'm just That's the new uh, color he invented. As a matter of fact, uh, he said I'm gonna try to get it closer to match your new kit, but it's got a it's got a glow chemical in it. Oh, so if we get hit by black or black light or blue light, the my, my blue glows now. I'm like, Dude, that's really if it glows cool. too hard, you need to get that checked, bro. Well, that's what they tell me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, of course, this is my this is my first year with Silver Fox. Uh, I'm going into my the end of my second year with Soul Tone, uh, the symbol company that uh, we're both endorsed with. Uh, that Mike turned me on to. He's like, dude, you got to check these out. And I was really skeptical because I've been a Z guy my entire life, the Z word. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually came to one of their rehearsals and uh, and checked out the symbols. I actually drove from Dallas up here to check out the symbols before I went ahead and, and signed my endorsement contract with them because you can listen to the samples online, but it's just not like being in the same room with them and actually hitting them. Uh, and the, the extreme series that I use most of, uh, it's a lot darker than what I'm used to using, and it fits the material that Death Grip uh, plays really well. Because Death Grip's a little heavier than Rough Justice. Death Grip's more of a Judas Priest meets Iron Maiden with some primal fear thrown in the mix somewhere. I don't know if you guys got to see the show at Rocklahoma or not, but because uh, we played on Friday. But uh, it's... Uh, and there's still a little bit of that Omen-esque yeah, flavor there's a little, going on. a little on bit there. of that. Cause my singer was with, with Omen for about four years. And uh, so... But it's... I'm a fucking huge fan of these guys. Yeah, it's... So. it's it's Yeah, Mike was right down front. I could hit him with stuff. In fact, I probably tried, actually. But, uh, but yeah, it... Uh, it's it's a real heavy melodic metal, so it's 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 a departure, so to speak, from what I've been doing the last few years. But I love the hell out of it. It's it's you know it's that's I cut my teeth on '80s hair metal, like most guys my age, they're into the metal, but uh, you know there's just nothing like the, the hard driving stuff that that. Uh, that Death Grip's doing, and I'm really happy to be back doing that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, Matt had, uh, singer Matt had uh, called me, and he goes, you know, I've got, I need a drummer, you know, and uh, you know, I know you're busy with your other band, and this and that, but I, uh, I really, I really want you to come, you know, work in this project with me, and uh, so 
Well, you realize I got MS, right? Dude, don't worry about it. I'll deal with it. Uh, so I'm like, okay. You know, and I kind of basically just went in as an interim uh, situation. And me and Matt have known each other God, since 82, I guess. And I just stayed, you know, more than anything. I, I liked it. And the guys in the band liked me, and it worked, and it fit. And, uh, you know, and, and here we go. So it's one of those hang on tight because... We don't know quite where this is going to go yet, but uh, we're definitely uh, we're definitely go. pushing it. So, <laughs> well, yeah. that song is badass. Yeah, it is. You like so that like, thing? Yeah. Um, I can't wait to hear the whole thing. I mean, what's the status on? We're still we're still writing some of the material. We're in the middle of recording right now. Uh, I finished up the the drum tracks on two more uh, tracks uh, just a week or so ago. So the guys are back home now while I'm out, you know, playing in Tennessee. They're doing bass tracks, guitar tracks and stuff while I'm gone. Put uh, work. The, uh, the next single that uh, we're going to release, I believe it's going to be uh, the title track of the album, Demonizer, which is the, the same song we opened the shows with. And uh, we're finishing that up right now. And as soon as that gets finished, we go straight to filming the new video for it. Uh, we've changed the uh, the mascot of the band, as you guys saw before, was a was kind of a rabid wolf. Yeah. And uh, we've now changed that to a new character that is the Demonizer. Uh, if you've seen it online yet, it's a, it's a pretty interesting character. Uh, the the new video that we're working on, I can't give any uh, I can't give any specifics on it uh, right now, but. Uh, the demonizer will be very predominant uh, in this new video and where it's coming from. And it just, it as the band evolved from even before I got in the band to now, uh, this character just makes way more sense. Uh, the record label likes it. Uh, we like it. Uh, so it's, we're just it, gonna run with it and the idea for the video was already there before this character came in, but uh, this new character is going to be really part of this part of the new video. So and I'm really stoked to get started on it. We've been out. Uh, I know Matt was out heavy a few weeks ago scouting uh, filming sites, and I was scouting some uh, a week or so myself. Because it's it'll it'll take us it'll take us a while to, to get all the filming done and then get it all edited because we do most of this stuff ourselves. So uh, Matt is a, uh, a singer, is a graphic artist. He's the one that designs all of our artwork and, and does it all. So we try to keep as much stuff in house as we can. And uh, fortunately, our record label lets us. You know, so as long as we're good at it, they don't mind not paying for it. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So, uh, if we sucked at it and uh, they didn't like it, then they'd probably go, "Well, let's just you know, let's cut a check and go have somebody else do it." But, but they like what's coming out of the band musically and you know the artwork, and the direction we're going. So, as long as they're happy, we're happy. Yeah. yeah. So, thinking 2016 for 
We yeah. should we should have the album out this year. Uh, that's the plan. Uh, things kind of kicked in high gear once uh, it solidified that I was going to be an actual member of the band uh, because they before it was kind of in limbo until the, the drum spot got officially filled and once that got done everybody's like okay let's it's you know it's time to to get this all done of course I'm the one that has to do all the tracks first so uh, so we're you know, just getting it, getting it all done, and and what's coming out so far, I'm really happy with. We've got a, another single, the next one that'll come out after uh, Demonizers, a song called Ride. And when we were at Rocklahoma this year, this first time we played that song live, and the crowd was actually singing the chorus back to us, and they never heard it, and I could hear it on the drum run. So that was. That was pretty spectacular, right there. Just to be, just to be honest with you, and it's a, it's a, an old school, you know, think point of entry priest. Yeah. That's where that's what that particular song kind of yeah. sounds like. This the, the groove and the, the power on that song is is kind of a, a point of entry era priest stuff. So I think it's going to do really well. So and that's the next video, but there's. Let's get Demonizer done first, and then we'll get to working on that one. Well, Rough Justice is still together, right? Yeah. So we're, like, are you, I was, both them, or you I was balancing them back and forth uh, for a little while, uh, but right now, uh, Rough Justice is on a, we're on a writing hiatus, because we're in the middle of an album, too. Uh, in fact, we're, I'm in the middle of editing the next video for that band. It's, we're not playing as much right now because we're writing and uh, we've all got other projects we're working on too right now because uh, we busted it pretty hard for a couple of years and uh, changed some members around and did this and did that. So we're uh, mixing drinks. So should be some alcohol flowing somewhere. I hear that in the background. I mean, there needs to be some. Yeah, it needs to be but uh, but my singer's got a, 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 a side project for Rough Justice. He's got a project he's doing. Uh, both my guitar players are in other projects. Uh, so we're just kind of just writing right now. Whereas uh, Death Grip is actually writing, recording, playing. So uh, Rough Justice stuff will probably come out the beginning of next year. safe. I don't want to say anything too much, but uh, it, we should have that out by the beginning of next year. Are you pretty heavy involved in the death grip writing you know, since you came in later? Uh, I'm as heavily involved as a drummer can be, put it that way. Right. Uh, I don't play a melody instrument, so and Matt's a great lyricist, so I don't need to, to really put a lot in uh, lyrically, but all the drum parts... Matt's like you that's what I hired you for you do what you think the song needs and so far everybody's been real happy with it so uh, me and Quinn the bass player uh, that was already there when I got there uh, we locked in really quick together became really fast friends 
So, uh, moose. <laughs> oh, yes, I hear the blender in the background. But, uh, but the thing about uh, Death Grip is we're a bunch of, a bunch of old road guys. I've uh, been in the business for a long time. Um, you can tell by the smell. Yeah, you can tell by the smell. <laughs> smell that, that's experience. Anyway, is that what that's called? Okay. Anyway, uh, but Quinn and Jimmy, uh, one of the guitar players, uh, and by the way, my, the two guitar players in uh, Death Grip are brothers. Uh, Jimmy Fritz and Paul Fritz, so they play really well together. Uh, but Jimmy's yeah, a guitar do. instructor. Uh, Quinn is, uh, they, they both have degrees in music. So there's a lot of intelligence that goes into the writing in this band, uh, other than just throwing parts and stuff together. Uh, in fact, they'll be talking back and forth about stuff, and it just goes right over my head. You know, and if I can't hit on it, I'm not going to play it. So uh, I can keep, you know, four different time signatures with four different appendages, but I can't finger a note. So <laughs> I'm stuck playing drums. So well, I've hit a bass I'm, guitar. I'm guitar glad I like it because that's all I that's that's all I'll ever get to do. So well, as far as MS, when you got diagnosed with that, or even whenever I guess you. Before you got diagnosed, you knew something. Um, how did that affect the way you approach things? Or it greatly affected uh, the approach to what I have to do uh, because I have relapsing remitting MS, which is the most common type of MS. Uh, I could be in a wheelchair the next time you guys see me. I may not be. Uh, I've been very blessed and fortunate that uh, the nerves in my legs are damaged, the nerves in my hands are damaged, uh, but my neurologist has told me to keep playing. You know, it's, it's great physical therapy for you, not only physically, but the lesions in my brain that are in the memory area, uh, playing music helps that portion of my brain uh, to where as if, you're, if he's just sending me to physical therapy, I'm not really working my brain that much. Uh, so I was afraid I was going to have to quit. I was afraid that was pretty much going to be the... I've been through neck surgeries and back surgeries and all these different surgeries and never completely shut me down musically. I was really afraid this was going to be what was going to pull the plug on it. But he told me, he said, no, I said, you keep doing it as long as you can. But I have to really watch my energy level. Uh, there's a... lady to come up with a deal, uh, they call it the spoon theory. For every activity you have, you have to give up a spoon. When you start out the day with so many spoons, when those spoons are gone, you're done. So you have to learn to, you know, delegate throughout the day, and especially as a musician, I've got a lot of stuff I have to do during the day. I'm blessed I don't have to work another job. Uh, so especially when we're in, either in the studio or, or out doing shows, I have to make sure that I watch my energy level, which will bring me to my next subject here in a little bit, uh, 
because if I don't, I run out of energy. And the last thing I want to do, people pay to come see us. The last thing I want to do is not give 100% on stage because I can't. You know, I want to make sure that I save that for that portion of, of the night so that people don't go, oh, that was, that was a great show, but that drummer was sure lackluster tonight. Because people don't care if you have a debilitating disease. In fact, I kept it from my record label for over a year because I didn't even want them knowing. But at some point, uh, a lot of the MS support groups that I've been involved with basically encouraged me to go public with it because it does bring awareness to the disease and, and what people have to go through. And it's, it's really difficult to get someone to understand because fatigue is not like being tired. I've been tired. I've done shows in Spain and got off stage and get, got in a van and flew back to the United States, got on another plane, flew across the United States and did another show. You know, 38 hours between. That's tired. But fatigue is like nothing I've ever had to deal with. And before I was diagnosed with MS, I had no idea what MS was. I didn't know. I'd done a couple of MS benefits over the years, but I'd never really paid attention to what it was, and most people don't. Because when you tell somebody you have MS, they go, oh, that's that muscle disease. No, that's ND. So, which is debilitating enough in its own <clears throat> right. But, uh, and I look fine. I mean, you can't look at me and tell there's anything wrong with me. But inside, my body's trying to kill me. So I have to fight back, you know, every day. And I have to make sure I get rest. Uh, I have to make sure I eat, you know, uh, like at, at Rocklahoma. Uh, heat and MS don't get along. It can really cause you to, in fact, they, they have cooling vests that uh, are like, you know, you put them in the freezer and you wear them to keep your body temperature down. But uh, how does that work when you're playing? Them? I haven't played it. So I mean, just as far as getting hot, yeah, it's it, you got a it, fan it, on you or something. Yeah, or? I always have a fan on me anyway. But uh, one of the first things, fortunately, I have a good crew of guys that help me with my gear and help the rest of the band with the gear. So I don't have to worry a whole lot about that. They take care of that for me. And in fact. I've known most of them for several years, and they won't let me touch anything uh, because they want to make sure that I don't go down so I'm you know, ready for the next show. But uh, our equipment trailer is air-conditioned, so... Bastard. <laughs> I mean, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, for instance, at, at the outdoor festivals, a lot of times they don't have really good facilities because we're not famous. We don't have the great facilities that a lot of other you know, bands have, so we have to provide our own. So I'll make sure and, and stay in the, the air conditioning as much as possible. 
And as soon as I get off the stage, the first thing I'll do is I'll either go right to the t-shirt booth or right to the trailer, wherever I need to be to start cooling down to make sure. But we only play, you know, generally our shows are only 45 minutes to an hour. It's not like it was back in the back in the days when we were playing, you know, six nights a week, four sets a night, stuff like that. That's I don't even know if I can do that anymore. But uh, but that's where all of us cut our teeth that at our age now in the business is, is playing the, the club circuit around all the United States, playing covers, you know, playing four sets a night, you know, playing Tuesday through Saturday packing up and driving to the next city and setting up and doing it again and doing it again and doing it again. But uh, fortunately, I don't have to worry about that anymore. So my guys take care of me. I try to stay as cool as possible. And stress can also, because heat and stress and all that can cause me to go into relapse. And if I do go into a full relapse, I pretty much can't raise my head off the pillow. It's, I'm, I'm done. And it's not because I don't want to raise my head off the pillow. I can't physically get up. So, and that can last from two days to four months. It just, it just depends. So I do everything I'm told to prevent that from happening. Not only for me, but for the guys in my band. You know, when I herniated this disc a couple of months ago, I wouldn't go to the doctor. I had a feeling what it was, but I wouldn't go to the doctor and have it checked out because I didn't want him telling me I couldn't do the Rocklahoma show. You know, I was, we were doing Rocklahoma. We were, you know, so I didn't go until after we got back from Rocklahoma. He sent me in for an MRI. And, uh, a couple of days ago, the phone rung and it was my doctor's office. Uh-oh, okay, here we go. And I answered the phone, and it not only was it my doctor's office, but it was my neurologist himself. It, it wasn't, you know, one of the girls in the front office. It was actually my doctor. And he's like, "Well, we need we need to get taken care of this because if if left untreated, it can cause permanent nerve damage, which could screw up my career." So I start getting injections into my into my neck uh, shortly after we get back from Nam. We're going to start there and see if we can avert a third neck surgery at least for a while so well uh you know knowing all that you know you know you just talked about what what's your like live gigging schedule like how heavy are you know as heavy as we can go yeah (laughs) i don't really i i do my best to try to not let it slow me down because the guys in the bands that i'm involved with they deserve that from me. Uh, my bass player in Death Grip has a similar uh, condition, similar to MS, uh, that has almost cost him his life a couple of times. Uh, so he has to kind of watch his energy level as well. Uh, so we really take care of one another to make sure that we push each other just far enough but we also take care of each other that we don't over push ourselves. So that's become a really good relationship between me and Quinn, uh, which I guess he didn't have with the other drummer. So, but, uh, and, and Matt, the singer, he's diabetic. Uh, so he has to watch himself. Uh, 
they finally got his medication straight and he's doing really good. So, but yeah, as we're looking at uh, a couple of new management deals right now. So uh, if some of those come through, we'll be doing a lot of stuff here pretty quick. But uh, I really won't know until I get out and see what happens. But I'm not going to go. I don't think I can do that. I'm going to go. And uh, I'm just bullheaded enough to, to to keep pushing. So, But like I said, I take care of myself and do what I'm supposed to do to make sure that I can continue to do what I'm doing. I assume once the album comes out, you guys going to try to get out? Yeah, I'm sure we'll be doing a whole yeah. lot more stuff after the album comes yeah. out. Oh, that's yeah. that's uh, typically the way that works. Right. Uh, as you well know. But uh, at our age, because like I said, we're all a bunch of old road guys, uh, we want to make sure that get out and we take the music to the people that want to hear it and uh, provide them not only with, you know, physical, you know, merchandise and CDs and everything, but, you know, all of the digital downloads and everything else that's, you know, available now. But, uh, yeah, we want to, uh, we want to get out and get in front of as many faces as we can because that's... I'm a live guy anyway. The studio kind of irritates me. Uh, it's a necessary evil for what I do, but playing live is, is where that's where I've always been. That's what I enjoy the most. I like being on the road. Uh, I like seeing people and meeting people. And uh, the studio can be kind of a sterile place where I don't get to see a lot of people. I see the same people every day. It's like going to a job, which I don't like, which is why I became a musician in the first place. Uh, so, you know, if I wanted to be a musician and see the same people every day, I would move to Nashville and I would become a studio cat, you know, because those guys make really good money. Yeah. Uh, Stupid. But and I like to play live. Do I? And they go home every day. And they go home every day. You know, so, and, you know, so we just, yes, as much fucking shows as we can do coming up. That's, yes, and that's awesome. next summer will be a lot more intense than, than this summer because I joined the band late in this season. Uh, so we're having to spend what would generally be time out on the road recording. So, uh, once, once we decide which of the new management companies we're going to go with, uh, and the record label is su supporting us really well with what we're doing, and they're actually looking at putting us over to a bigger label, which is associated with our label, uh, once the album comes out. But I can't really go into much there yet and, until something happens. But... Uh, I'm kind of excited about that because if it does happen in one of the new management agreements that we're looking at, we accept one of those, then things could get pretty, pretty busy really quick. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> my mortgage company wants that to happen. Yeah, that's no shit. So. Yeah. Well, where are you guys setting on new, new music? Uh, 
Uh, Got to get Adam in. Vocals, uh, vocals is the last thing to track, so we're trying to get stay on track to be out by fall. Okay. And uh, we're doing a lot of the same things that they're doing. We're talking to uh, a couple of labels and working with uh, uh, one for about a year or so. And it's kind of, you know, they're, they're ready for the next new stuff. And uh, we play with the Death Grip guys. So once our stuff's out, I'm going to hand it to Scott and have them hand it to their guys so we can get some across the pond action, maybe work on some distribution over there. You know, we're finding uh, him and I have fans that are all over the world, which is really freaking cool. And uh, so uh, this round is going to be beneficial for both because we're both ridiculously busy. So, yeah. And uh, I'm not... Studios, at least the one day I can hear everything, but it is irritating, so I agree with him. But it's just freaking slow because it's time and money, and there's never enough of either one. Yeah. And, you, you know, if we put 26 hours in the day, we'd probably, him and I especially, probably both bitches, there's still not enough hours. <laughs> but it's just, just doesn't ever happen fast enough. And then we've gone through a couple of different studios, so has he. And uh, we've gone, you know, I've gone through band changing, and so has he. And just man, people, and just it's never fast enough. But uh, we're uh, down to uh, get vocals tracked next. And uh, what is this, June? So, man, I could see fall. You know, I'd love to get it out in time for like the holiday buying season. Yeah. But I just wanted to, uh, to turn out how it's supposed to. So, we're, I think we're shooting for fall. Cool. And then our schedule is ridiculously busy like theirs is. We're all, we're all pretty excited. I know uh, once the uh, once our sophomore effort gets out, I think things will be a little smoother in the future. Might not take as long. You know, we're working on new material. We've presented a couple of new songs in public. We've got a bunch we're working on. So I think once you kind of, you know, the, the crack in the dam first starts to happen, I think things will be a little smoother. We've learned an ass load in the last three years, so that helps. So I think the future will go a little bit quicker. Yeah, if I can get that little wood wouldn't shoot Dutch boy guy to get his finger out of the damn word know, cut loose know, you know right? that's, it just never keep happens, shooting at him but it never I, happens fast enough but yeah, uh, just, that's, that's our basic goal we just got back from out of town him and I are going to go be gone for a while and as soon as I get back he's got stuff to do we've got shows coming up and we'll be back out of town we won't be back here in Tulsa till uh, the 27th for the yeah. Mushroom Head yeah, show yeah, and then he's got some Dallas stuff and we're trying to work uh, to play with them at the rail in Dallas, okay. um, so it's 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 uh, it's there. He's definitely uh, family. You know, we've known each other way too long to admit, but definitely oh, God, a brother yeah. from We've bitched plenty of times. It's like you know, why do we play the same fucking instrument? <laughs> you know, we should play something different. We'd already be in the band. We you know we we got we got uh, we have a clue. So having to deal with uh, band members is always tough. But uh, we're very excited. We're 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 real happy with uh, what's going on. Our band. And, uh, like him, just shows every day. I'm talking to people. Just the more shows, the better. The busier that I am, the happier I am. For sure. Yeah, because I spend I spend most of my days, uh, if I'm not actually in the studio, I'm in front of my laptop. Yeah. I'm making contacts and I'm passing off contacts. Send us stuff to Matt, or Matt send us stuff to Glenn uh, at the record label, or trying to get something approved, or this or that, or nine other things. And there's several festivals overseas that we're working to try to get on next year. Uh, there's a couple of festivals stateside still uh, 
one in Houston that we're working to try to to get into. But it's just it's so late in that season, uh, you know, getting on the festivals right now is kind of a it's a crapshoot because you know they're they're already booked. You know, there's always people that drop off, so there's always spots that that pop open. Right. But uh, we're we're focusing most of our you know festival booking into into next year and, and looking more at Europe and. I've got some stuff that I'm working on in Japan right now from being over in Japan before. Pretty much starts in September. So for the next year. Right. So that's that's kind of where we are now is trying to you know to make sure we have our product ready come September, October to where um, you know whatever management company we do end up signing with. Uh, your rice aroni's done, by the way. That uh, we're ready for it when it when it comes around. You know, if we're going to have to spend a summer in the studio instead of on the road, then we want to try to make it count. Well, you mentioned uh, Primal Fear earlier. No. Yep. Have you heard that new album? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we love that band. <laughs> yeah, my, me and me and my uh, singer Matt uh, with Death Grip, we're both big Primal yeah. Fear fans. Oh, yeah. uh, they were just through Dallas, but. Uh, we were busy. <laughs> we didn't get to go. Uh, it was a weekday. That's why I was kind of yeah. Which which kind of pops in, you know, which which makes because uh, we don't hardly get to see anybody unless we're on a bill well, mm-hmm. uh, which makes the festival stuff really good for us. Yeah, because uh, we always try to hang a couple of days, if possible, if the schedule will allow. Which next year may not be quite so so easy to do uh, we may have to play and leave which I always hate to do but uh, like to try to catch as many other bands as I can uh, and that's where I see a lot of bands that you know like us that you know a lot of people don't know of uh, I get to see people and go oh shit man where are these guys been you know I really like these guys uh, there's some friends of mine from Australia a band called Ragdoll uh, yeah, yeah. That uh, that's what happened the first time I saw them four years ago. I caught their show, never heard of them, and we become great friends. Uh, so you know, I get to get to build some relationships with some people and, and get to hear some new music, and and hopefully they get to hear mine, and and everybody comes out ahead. So as well as getting to see, you know, the the bigger artists. And you know, have your band name on the back of a T-shirt with, you know, the likes of Megadeth and Queensrÿche, and you know, have a hundred thousand of those go out the door. Uh, that's got your name on it, so it's really a positive thing to, to do. So. Yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you things that that's on your list without you even asking. Yeah, that's, that's always the best part too. Because because <laughs> I talk too much. No, that's what we want. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, we appreciate you doing it, man. I appreciate you guys taking the time to come out. And, you know, as I pass through town, and since we kept crossing paths yeah. in Rocklahoma, we never could yeah. never could end up in the same spot at the same time. Uh, it just worked out great that 
you know, me and Mike headed to NAM. I was yeah. able to come up and, and sit down with you and, you know, actually get to meet you guys. And, you know, I've listened to a bunch of your stuff, but I never got to sit down and talk to you yet. So, thanks for listening. So, but yeah, we're. Uh, These two cats are badass for what they're doing and what they're helping us do and spreading the word. Not to mention the fact that there's a little bit of jealousy for the cats you guys are getting to talk to and meet. So oh, yeah, no shit. But that's also awesome at the same time. And, and the, the bigger people that are picking up your bits and pieces, man, that's very cool. Yeah. So I think you guys are uh, going uh, to I'd be like, I'd be like, I know those guys. Like, no, you don't. No, I swear to God. It's like when I was on the road in the, in the late 70s and early 80s, I used to have to keep showing people my driver's license to prove that my name was really what my name was. Because my name's Scott Bond. And they're like, oh, you just took Bon Scott and turned it around. How lame is that? No, dude, I was born that way. I was born that way. That's really my fucking name. Hey, that's the guy's buddy named Mike Thrasher. Nice. I see that dude. Nice. He's had the show's ID. I'm not kidding. I'm not lying. And I'm not even that quite that cool, but mine was just a name tag. It was way before I knew who the hell Mike D was, but in the Drum Central days, it's Mike D, and people would be like, come in and get up. And I'm like a year behind. I'm like, oh, hey, I get it now. Oh, what the hell was that all about? Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm caught up. You're slow. That's all right. There you go, Scott Bond of Death Grip, Mike D. Petrillo of Driver. Thanks again to Scott for being willing to take the time to do that. And, of course, Mike as well for inviting us into his home again. Always. Great time sitting there talking to those guys. You know, we talked to him for quite a bit before we hit record and quite a bit after we yeah. stopped recording you know and they're both anybody that's listened to this that knows them knows that they're both of them are great dudes and easy to talk to and have tons of stories and oh yeah Qu- quality humans it was a good evening all all the way around we had a lot of laughs definitely look up death grip on facebook that's all one word and look up uh driver of course on facebook that's d-r-y-v-r and driver's actually opening for mushroom head here in Tulsa on July 27th at the Ideal Ballroom. Yeah. That'll be a good one. So if you're in the area, be sure and check that out. And be sure and check us out at thethunderunderground.com. Hit us up on Facebook as well. We're also on YouTube and Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, and soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. We've got 72 other episodes for you to go check out. We recently did one with Chris Broderick, who used to be in Megadeth. We did one with... Let's throw in the fact that we did one with Tim and Ryan from Soil, because I know Mike's a huge Soil oh, fan, yeah. and we actually ran into him when we were there. That's Yeah, that's right. That's right. I and speaking of that. Mike, we had a full episode with just Mike way back in our yes. early days, about a year ago. Yeah. So dig back in there into the teens somewhere. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Straight 45 minutes with Mike, and yeah. that's a great one. Uh, we had... Go ahead. I know I was just gonna say all kinds of stuff. Sid Falk from formerly Overkill, Reed yeah. Mullen, Sons of Texas, Battlecross, Drowning Pool. There you go. Warrant Crowbar. Yeah. Uh, you know, just check them all out. It's all good stuff. Definitely. And we've got tons of stuff lined up here that we're supposed to be recording in the next two or three weeks. So keep tuning back in. Like I said, DeepThunderUnderground.com's got everything on there. Probably our Facebook is the best place to keep see where we're most active, that kind of thing. So follow us on there, like us, all that stuff. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And we've got t-shirts and koozies. 
Yes, we do. And uh, we will give them to you for a fair, reasonable price. Yes, it'll be lower than retail. That's right. If you went in the store to buy a t-shirt, this is cheaper. Exactly. So <laughs> what are you waiting for? Yep. Hit us up at thethunderunderground at gmail.com if you've got a band that you would like us to check out to think about playing or doing a review of your album or even having you on a podcast or something. So that's the email. You can also email us there if you're interested in t-shirts and koozies, like we said. Exactly. All right. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.